I see that some of you have many colors on your faces and clothes. Today is also the celebration of Holi. Holi is one of the very beautiful meditations and the pastime of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You see, unfortunately, those things which are most sacred and pure, in course of time, they become degraded. And people perceive these things simply as something for their sense enjoyment. Most of the people, the way they celebrate holy in the cities is they just compete throwing colors simply as a game for fun. About one-fourth of the population are having fun and the other three-fourths are harassed. Huh? That's the way it is? Let's see if my percentage is right. How many have fun? Raise your hand. How many are harassed? <laughs> of course, if you understand the real significance of holy, you will not only have fun, but you will be in bliss, and you will not be harassed. Because this is one of the most beautiful and pleasing pastimes of Vrindavan. It is described that the sweetness of the relationships of the Lord and his devotees is the various wonderful ways in which they exchange the love they have for one another. Because in the spiritual world there is nothing that takes place save and accept the exchange of love. Now, of course, you know about Krishna's Rasalila, how Krishna intimately exchanges love with the gopis by dancing with them, how he expanded himself in and between each and every gopi so that each one is thinking that Krishna has selected only me amongst all others. And when Krishna was with the cowherd boys, oftentimes they would play many games but it would not be in a mood of competition. You see, in the material world, sports, which are a perverted reflection of the sports of the spiritual world, people compete. Basically, people play sports today for one of two reasons. Either because they have a very gigantic false ego and they want to win, huh? or they just want, out of false ego, they want to have a very strong, healthy body. But actually, in the spiritual world, they would play sports, they would play games. But the idea was to give pleasure to the other, not to defeat the other, to give pleasure to the other. Just like when Lord Sri Krishna would wrestle with his friends, if he knew that it would give more pleasure to his friends to win, he would purposely lose. 
just because his friend would be happy. But of course, his friend, if he felt that it would make Krishna happy to win, he would lose. So in this day, they would have competition who were to lose. Huh? Now sometimes if the friend felt that Krishna will get such satisfaction if I win, the friend will win just to give pleasure to Krishna. If it gives pleasure to Krishna for me to lose, I will lose. If it gives pleasure to Krishna for me to win, I will win. In this way, the only object is love. This is the way sports should actually be played on the spiritual platform. And in the spiritual world, everything is a sweet, beautiful, charming exchange of love. And one of the most beautiful celebrations is Holi. Holi is the day when it is described that Krishna and his friends, the cowherd boys, would approach Sri Radharani and her friends, the gopis. And they would begin to have little arguments, simply to give pleasure to one another. They would start to tease each other. And after teasing one another, they would just, the more, whatever they would say would just increase the ecstasy of the other. And then they'd say, oh, then let us have a fight. Huh? And in this fight, we will exchange our love and we will see who could give more love to the other. Huh? This is the idea. I will try to give more love to you and you try to give more love to me and let's see who wins. Now the exchange of love is out of love they would give each other sweetmeats. Out of love they would throw flowers on each other. And out of love, they would also throw colors on each other and even squirt the colors on one another. And the idea is, it was not done to defeat the other, it was done to please the other. And they would have this sort of loving exchange and they would enjoy each other's love. And of course, whenever they would have this divine leela, the gopis would always win. Krishna would always be defeated. Why? Because love always defeats the beloved. Sri Radharani and the gopis, they are the, they are the lovers, and Lord Sri Krishna is the beloved. And in the competition before the between the lover and the beloved, the love always defeats the beloved. Krishna is always defeated by the love of his devotees. And recently we were in Barasana where they celebrate Holi. And the people there, how they celebrate such an atmosphere of intimacy. They're meditating on Krishna's Leela. And someone comes up and with such love, with almost tears and smile on their face, they put the color on your head. And they're just actually offering you, this is the expression of my love for you, here. And then they hold the, the bag open and say, now please, you put the 
you give me your love, and then you take this color and put it on his head. And it's very sweet, very charming. This is holy. When we remember Krishna, it unifies us. So, someday perhaps we can close all the doors and celebrate holy <laughs> in this humble and devotional manner. It is also described that on this night, um, Prahlad Maharaj, his father, decided to burn him in the fire. And Prahlad's sister was given a benediction, I believe it was from Agni Dev, that she would not be ever burnt by fire. So she would be able to just sit in fire indefinitely and never get the slightest bit touched. So Hiranyakashipu told her that I want you to hold Prahlad in the fire until he burns to death. Hold him so he cannot escape. So she sat with Prahlad on her lap in the fire and because Prahlad was always remembering Krishna, she burned to death and he was completely untouched. So another um, aspect of this celebration of Holi is it celebrates how the Lord under all circumstances protects his devotee. So these days all have a very, very beautiful spiritual theme. And if we can meditate on this spiritual theme, it can really bring us together, united in the loving memory of Sri Krishna. Of course, this evening we are celebrating for the devotees of the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya. It is the most sacred and auspicious of all evenings of the year. It is the evening of Gaur Purnima. It is the night when the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna, incarnated in this world in his, in his most beneficent and merciful of all incarnations, Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is accepted as the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna himself. Many people consider Lord Chaitanya simply to be a great saint or a great devotee. But there are many, many Shastrik references which declare him to be the Yuga Avatar, the particular incarnation who appears in this age for the purpose of establishing the way of religion, which is most practical for this time. Uh, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the Mahabharat, in various places in the Upanishads and in the, the Puranas, there is many references describing Krishna appearing in this most wonderful form. I will explain just one reference. This is in the eleventh canto of the Bhagavat. Maharaj Nimi, the great king of Vitala, or I mean Mithila. Uh, he was visited by the nine Yogendras. And the nine Yogendras, each of them individually spoke transcendental knowledge of pure devotion to God. And the last 
of these great sages was named Karabhajana. And he began to explain to Maharaj Nimi how the Lord appears in different times in different places. He described that in Dwarpa Yuga, the Supreme Lord Hari appears in a beautiful blackish complexion. And how in this beautiful blackish complexion, he teaches devotion to himself. And then he explains, Krishnavarnam tvasakrishnam sangopangasha parashanam jagyai sankirtana priyaya janti hishumedasha. He says, in Kali Yuga, those who have good intelligence, they worship the Supreme Lord who appears. Although he is blackish, he appears in a non-blackish complexion. And he is always surrounded by his devotees and he is constantly chanting the holy names of the Lord in congregation. And those intelligent persons should worship this beautiful form of the Lord by congregationally chanting the holy names. Now some may say uh, that certainly this indicates Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because it describes that he appears with his various associates and he's always engaged in the congregational chanting of the holy name. But why do you say that non-blackish necessarily means gold? In the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam, it is described how Gargamuni was sent by Vasudev to the house of Nanda Maharaj to perform the name-giving ceremony of Lord Sri Krishna. And there he describes that your son has incarnated in this world in every yuga for a very, very divine purpose. In Satya Yuga, he appeared in a beautiful white complexion. In Treta Yuga, he appeared with a beautiful red complexion. He said, he also appears in a golden complexion. And now he is appearing with a beautiful blackish complexion. So he explained that in Satya Yuga he was white, in Trakya Yuga he was red, now in Dwarpa Yuga he's black and he also comes in a golden complexion. So he was explaining the advent of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now someone may ask, why is it that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is explained indirectly? Why does it not just say that Krishna appears as Lord Chaitanya in Kali Yuga to teach the chanting of the holy name? How many people wonder why it does not say like that? Why it explains him very exactly but indirectly in a mystical way? I will explain, according to Shastra. In the seventh canto of Bhagavatam, Prahlad Maharaj, he is glorifying Lord Nursingadev. And he said, Lord Nursingadev, one of your beautiful names is Triyuga. In Mahabharata, it is also described that this is one of the names of Vishnu, Triyuga. Triyuga means that you appear in three yugas. 
You appear in Sati Yuga, you appear in Treta Yuga, you appear in Dwarpa Yuga, but you do not appear in Kali Yuga. Why is that? Because in Kali Yuga, the Lord appears in a very different way. In the previous yugas, he appears as, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as Bhagavan. But in Kali Yuga, he appears not as God, but he appears as God's devotee. The Supreme Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to teach us how to surrender to Krishna, he appeared as his own devotee. Bhagavad Gita, Krishna made it very clear the instructions essential for all of us to know of how to surrender to him. Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender to me. But in Kali Yuga, practically no one knows how to follow that simple instruction. So therefore, Krishna himself appears to show us by his own example how to surrender to him. Just like sometimes a father, he gives the son an instruction. But when he says the son cannot follow it, he actually does it himself. Just like a teacher. A teacher has students... And the teacher is saying, now I want you to draw A, and they draw A. Now I want you to draw B, and the teacher draws B. Now I want you to draw C, and the teacher draws C. Someone may think, what is this teacher? The teacher's learning ABCs? She's doing what the students are supposed to do to teach them how to do it. So Lord Sri Krishna himself appeared in a disguise of a devotee to teach us how to be a devotee. If he appeared as God, there would be no question of instructing us. Through his example. So therefore, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not reveal to anyone that he was God, except those very, very confidential associates who already had pure devotion and love for him. For the common masses, he simply taught people how to love God. You see, the general condemnation due to the impersonal conception of philosophy is everyone wants to be God. And so many teachers are teaching you that by following this spiritual process, you can become God. And there are so many people who claim to be Bhagavan, claim to be God, and claim that you can also be God. So Lord Chaitanya, in order to teach that a devotee never considers himself God in any circumstance, nor does he ever want to be God, he simply wants to serve God with love, he disclosed, he, dis, he, he um, concealed the fact that he was God. When someone would say to Lord Chaitanya that he was Krishna, he would hold his hands to his ears and he would say, Vishnu, 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 please never call the living entity God. The living entity is always part of God. He is the eternal servant of God. It's worse than poison to my heart to think that I could be God. I simply want to serve him with love. <laughs>
Now, if everyone knew he was God, how would he be able to play this role? Therefore, Vyastev, who is none other than Lord Chaitanya's literary incarnation, specifically and personally concealed directly the fact that Lord Chaitanya was God so that it would not interfere with his lila of playing the part of a devotee. But, after his incarnation, then it was revealed who he really was. Therefore, it is described that Veda Vyas incarnated in two forms, Vrindavan Das Thakur and Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami. And he was a compiler of the Chaitanya Bhagavat and the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where it revealed, according to the evidence of all the revealed scriptures, how Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Lord Krishna himself. And just see how he's teaching us by his example how to be a devotee. So it is for this reason to assist and facilitate the divine and sublime purpose of Lord Chaitanya's mission that the explanation of this particular Yuga avatar is presented very authoritatively but indirectly and in a mystical way. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu He appears very rarely. You see, in every age there is a Yugavatar. In Kali Yuga there is not a Yugavatar. That is meant Petri Yuga. Except once in very, very rare occasions does Krishna appear as Lord Chaitanya as Yugavatar. It is described Krishna. Yugavatars come in every yuga, in every cycle except Kali. But Krishna himself personally only comes once every day of Brahma, which is every 4.3 billion years. The advent of Krishna is very, very rare in his original form. And Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears when Krishna appears. Therefore, once every 4.3 billion years, Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears as the Yuga avatar in this age of Kali Yuga. Now, considering he only appeared about 504 years ago, we are very fortunate. Just like our Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, his conception of time was so different than ours. Just like some of us are about 40 years old. When we think of what we did when we were 20, we think, oh, a long time ago I was doing like this. Right? But when Srila Prabhupada would discuss Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he would say, and just very recently the Lord appeared as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Huh? For those who are on the platform of eternal consciousness, 504 years ago is very recently. It's like, it's like a few minutes ago. Huh? 
So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears in this very rare and special incarnation. And he appears to provide for us the living example of how to live according to the essence of the scriptures in the Kali Yuga. The Srimad Bhagavatam explains, Kalera dosani de rajan asti hekumahanguna kirtanat eva krishnasya mukta sangha parambraje. That this age of Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults. Manda sumanda matayo manda bhagya upadrita. People are spiritually very lazy. They're addicted to so many sinful activities. They're very unlucky. But there's one benediction in the ocean of faults in Kali Yuga. That anyone in any condition of life, if they simply chant the holy name of the Lord, they will attain the supreme perfection of liberation. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we would also quote the shloka from the Brihad Naradiya Purana. Harinama, Harinama, Harinama eva kevalam kalo nasteva, nasteva, nasteva gatiranyata. That in this age of Kali Yuga, there is no other practical way except the chanting of God's name. Very emphatically, it declares this. So, on this most auspicious night, the Lord appeared along with his holy name. You see, 504 years ago, tonight, when the full moon rose, there was a lunar eclipse. Now, there are many reasons why there was a lunar eclipse. One is it described when the pure spotless golden moon of Sri Gaur Chandra was about to appear. What is the need of a moon with all spots on it? So thinking like this, Rahu covered the moon. But Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had another very great reason. He wanted the world to know forever that his advent was specifically for the purpose of inducing people to chant God's name. You see, during the lunar eclipse, it is considered most auspicious and most inauspicious. Any materialistic activities you perform during a lunar eclipse will very, very badly contaminate you. For a materialist, the lunar eclipse is very inauspicious. But anyone who chants the name of God or engages in spiritual activities during that time, the benefits are multiplied greatly. So throughout India, there is a ritualistic conception that at the time of the lunar eclipse, everyone would go to the sacred rivers and they would loudly chant the holy names of God. So at this time, there were literally millions and millions and millions of people going to the sacred rivers like the Jamuna and the Ganga 
and gathering together and calling out in very loud, tumultuous voices, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare calling out the beautiful sound of God's name. And it described that even the atheists and even those who were not devotees of Krishna, when they would see all the Hindus chanting Hare Krishna, it was just such a remarkable scene to be so many, see so many people chanting that in a way of making fun with them, they would also start chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. In this way, everyone in all directions was vibrating the beautiful sound of God's name. And it was at this time, at this most auspicious moment of the moonrise, that Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared. And he appeared as the son of Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Devi. And when he was just an infant child, even then, his greatest pleasure was to induce people to chant the holy names. It is described that he would begin to cry, and people would be very anxious to give him ah, something to pacify him. Nobody likes to see babies cry. Of course, our Guru Maharaj used to say, what old Bengali man does not take pleasure in seeing babies cry? But most people do not like to see babies cry. So, actually, sometimes sannyasis do like to see babies cry. One time Srila Prabhupada he was with his disciple Sham Sundar, and he had a little child named Saraswati, a very little girl, a very beautiful little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl. And they were in um, Jagannath Puri, and they had a little room, and it was over a pond, and they were on about the third or fourth floor up. So Prabhupada said to Saraswati, can we throw you in this lake? And she said, no, 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 no. He said, why don't you want us to throw you in the lake? She said, no, 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 Prabhupada, don't do <laughs> And Prabhupada said, Sham Sundar, throw her in the lake. So Sham Sundar picked her up and held her, and she started crying, ah! And Prabhupada started going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and he said, you should learn how to cry for Krishna like she's crying. So in this way, he gave us a good example of how to chant the holy names. But when little Nimai Gorhadi, when he would start to cry, everyone would think, oh my God, he's not, he's so beautiful. They called him Gorhadi because they said he looks just like Lord Hari, but he has a beautiful golden complexion. And we want to make him happy. He's our life and soul. We all love him more than we love our own children, more than we love our own lives. We cannot bear seeing him cry. So they would all bring him gifts and little food and everything, and he would just throw it all and cry. Whatever they'd give him, he would throw it and cry. And finally one day, uh, 
when they saw like this, when, they, when there was just no other way to try to pacify him that they could think of, they just went, Hari, Hari, and then he smiled. And, ah, this is the secret. All we have to do is chant the holy names. And he not only stops crying, but he, he casts a very pleasing and charming smile upon us. And in this way, every day, the young ladies and the older ladies as well, they would simply wait for the moment when Nimai would cry. And then they would all make a circle and start chanting and clapping. And then he would smile. And that smile would just fill their hearts with the greatest pleasure and love. So in this way, uh, Lord Gorchandra gave a hint to the world of his great mission. And during his younger years, he pretended to not be a devotee. He had very great reasons for this as well. He pretended to be a great scholar. When he was just a young boy, he was so scholarly that he could defeat in logic and argument even the greatest pundits in the whole world. And when the devotees would see such a great boy is a scholar, but why doesn't he chant the names of God? Why doesn't he worship Krishna? He would hanker, they would hanker in devotion that why can't we make? Somehow or other, this boy, he attracts our heart just like Krishna attracts our heart. But why isn't he a devotee? If only he was a devotee, he could make the whole world devotees. And sometimes, uh, Srivas Thakur, Mukunda, they would come to Lord Chaitanya and they would say, why you are wasting your life with all this word jugglery and grammar and and scholarship, why don't you worship Krishna? That is the goal of life. And Nimai would say, thank you very much. He said, with your blessings only will I ever be able to be a devotee of Krishna. He was teaching us by his example that without the blessings of the great souls, no one can be a good devotee of Krishna. No one should even attempt to be a devotee of Krishna without first seeking the blessings of great souls. And he said, but with your blessings, you wait and see. Someday I will be such a good devotee. <laughs> and it is described that when he met his spiritual master in Gaya, he went to Gaya to perform the Shravan ceremony for his deceased father, Jagannath Mishra. And when he met his, his guru, Srila Ishwara Puri, at that time, he manifested to the world the divine symptoms of love of God. And it was at that time when he had no other interest in anything except purifying the world by distributing the pure sound of God's name. See how the Lord modeled his life in this way. He showed us by his example how important it is to accept a spiritual master in order to make advancement in devotional life. The Supreme Lord is Jagat Guru. He does not need Guru. 
but he refused to exhibit the symptoms of pure love of God until after he accepted initiation and the blessings of his spiritual master. This was his lila to instruct us of the importance of accepting the mercy of the great souls. And how he served his spiritual master. Although he is, uh, is Purushottam, he is the supreme of all beings, he is the supreme enjoyer. Krishna says in the Gita, Bhoktaram Jagatapasam Sarva Loka Maheshwaram, everything is my property and everything is meant for my enjoyment. He took the role of you and me to show us how to make spiritual advancement. He took the position of the humble menial servant of his spiritual master. It is described that when Ishwarapuri, when they met, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu requested, you please accept me as your disciple. And Ishwarapuri, he was a pure devotee of Krishna. He knew that Lord Chaitanya was God. He said, you are my worshipable Lord, life after life. How can I be your guru? You are my eternal master. I am your eternal servant. He was crying with tears of love. And Lord Chaitanya said, ah, you are my servant. But for the sake of the world, this is the way you can best serve me. By being my master. By accepting me as your servant. So in, with tears of love in their eyes, Ishwarapuri initiated the Lord in the chanting of the holy name. And it is described that one day Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was cooking and he had just finished cooking prasad for himself. And Ishwarapuri came in to his room unexpectedly and Lord Chaitanya immediately said, ah, you must take this prasad. Ishwarapuri said, but there's only enough prasad for one person. This is for you. I can go elsewhere and beg. But Lord Gorchandra, he said, no, no, no. You must take. You are my guru. You are a great sadhu. And Ishwarapuri said, but everything I take, I first offer to you. You are my god. How can I take before you? Lord Chaitanya said, but you are my guru. How can I take before you? He said, but the Guru offers everything to Krishna. So how can I take before you? Sometimes the Lord's pastimes get a little complicated in this way, you know. But then Lord Chaitanya, ah, his love for his devotee was so strong that in order to please Lord Chaitanya, Ishwarapuri accepted the position of eating first. And then Lord Chaitanya cooked very quickly. In fact, it is described that the goddess of fortune did the cooking. And practically instantly there was another prasad. And they both took prasad with great joy together. It is described that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he went on pilgrimage to the birthplace of his spiritual master. I believe it's Kumarahata. He went to this place and he collected dirt from the ground of the land where his Guru Maharaj was born. And he kept that dirt with him. 
and every day he would eat a particle of that dirt. And while he would eat it, tears of love would flow from his eyes. His heart would just fill with great joy. And he would think and he would say that this is the sacred soil where the feet of my Guru Maharaj touched. This is the sacred place where he appeared in this world. Therefore, anyone, therefore, by taking this soil, I will purify my existence. This is the glory of the love of God for his devotees. Krishna loves his devotees so much that his greatest pleasure is to eat the dirt from the ground that touched the feet of his devotees. This was the beauty of Lord Chaitanya's love. And this is the example he showed of how one should respect and honor and be graciously um, thankful for the mercy of the spiritual master. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after his meeting with Ishwarapuri, he assumed the real manifestation of the Yugavatar at that time. It is described that every day he would gather thousands and thousands of people and with his arms raised very gracefully he would begin to dance and following behind him everyone would dance with great beauty and they would all vibrate from the core of their hearts the sweet sound of the names of Krishna. In this way, anyone who saw the dancing of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, anyone who heard the beauty of his chanting, was struck with wonder. It is described that every morning, just before the sunrise, he would gather his devotees and they would wander through the streets of Navadweep, chanting the holy names, inviting everyone to perfect their lives through this very simple and easy process. Lochandas Thakur has prayed, Paramakaruna Pahunduvijana Nitai Gorachandra. Lord Chaitanya is supremely merciful. Kevala Ananda Kanda, because he has given a process which anyone in Kali Yuga can follow. Simply chant, dance, and take nice prasad. That is all that is required to completely purify. So in this way, Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by his words and by his example, he established the Yuga Dharma. Ah. But it is also described a more esoteric and intimate reason for the appearance of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is described in Goloka Vrindavan, Lord Sri Krishna, 
was saying that his most beloved devotee, Srimati Radharani, was experiencing such love and such happiness in his presence. Now it is described that Krishna expands himself as Radha and Krishna. Sri Radharani is none different than Krishna. She is not simply a devotee, she is God in full. But the one God, in order to, to taste ultimate pleasure of love, he expands himself in two forms. One is the lover and one is the beloved. And then he expands himself into innumerable tiny little forms called the jivas. And the jivas are all meant to also share that loving exchange of the love by, by assisting the love of Radha and Krishna. By assisting God's love for himself. And that is our position. Our natural and constitutional position is that we are part of God and we are meant to give pleasure to the whole. And the greatest way of giving pleasure to the whole is assisting God in enjoying himself by assisting Radha in offering her love, the supreme love to the supreme beloved. It is actually quite easy to understand if, our, if your heart is simple. <laughs> if your heart is not simple, it's very difficult. Simple for the simple, complicated for the complicated. Now, when Lord, when Lord Krishna divided himself into Radha and Krishna, Lord Sri Krishna began to think that I am the supreme enjoyer. I am the embodiment of Satchit Ananda Vigraha. I am the embodiment of all bliss. But Sri Radharani, she appears even more blissful than me. How is that possible? I'm the embodiment of ever-increasing unlimited bliss and by her seeing me, she experiences more happiness than me. How is this possible? He began to wonder, what is it that is the nature of Sri Radha's love? What is it about myself that attracts her to such an unlimited, infinite degree? And what is the, the sweetness of the happiness that she has experienced in her love for me? So his divine Leela, in order to experience the answer for these three questions, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahayanya, this means that Lord Krishna, who expanded himself as two, Radha and Krishna, Radha and Krishna assumed one form as Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now Krishna told Radharani he was going to do this. He said, Srimati Radharani, in the age of Kali Yuga, I am going to advent to establish the Yuga Dharma, Harinam Kirtan. That's what everyone thinks. But really I want to come because I want to I want to come, I want to come in my form, 
but I want to assume the sweetness of your heart and taste your love. And Srimati Radharani said, huh? But if you taste the sweetness of my love, then whenever you think, whenever you think of yourself, you will be in such ecstasy of love, you will just fall to the ground and start rolling in the dirt. And I cannot tolerate the idea of you falling to the ground and rolling in the dirt of the earth. Therefore, if you come with my heart, I will cover your body with my luster to protect you when you roll on the ground. So you don't have to touch the earth. And there will be no pain on you. Therefore, Krishna, who is blackish, came with the heart of Radharani. But he also, that blackish complexion, was covered by the golden luster of Srimati Radharani to protect his body from the ecstatic symptoms that she, she knew he would exhibit. So in this way, the Supreme Lord appeared to show the world the supreme manifestation of God's love. He appeared as the supreme devotee. And how fortunate we are that by his causeless mercy, he is touching our lives and giving us the opportunity to love God through the simple process of worshiping him and chanting his holy name. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is called the Patita Pavana Avatar. That means he has specifically come to reach out to the most fallen. The only disqualification from getting the mercy of Lord Chaitanya is false pride. If you are proud, you will not accept the mercy that he is giving. If you consider yourself to be fallen, if you consider yourself to be nothing, then you can easily accept with your heart his mercy. The great Acharya Narottam Das Thakur, he has prayed. Patita Pavana Hetu Tava Avatara Mosamo Patita Prabhu Napaibeya. This means, my dear Lord, you are the deliverer of the most fallen. You have specifically incarnated to deliver the most fallen. And my feeling is like this, that you can search the whole universe, and I do not think you will find a more fallen soul than me. Therefore, my claim to your mercy is first. You see, just like water, water gradually and naturally goes, flows to the lowest point. Does it not? This is the nature of the mercy of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
the nature of Lord Chaitanya's mercy is it extends itself, he extends himself to the lowest point, to, the mo to those who are <coughs> most humbled. So this is the great opportunity we have. And on this most glorious evening of Gaur Purnima, let us meditate and let us take very seriously how to accept the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by following in his footsteps. By humbling oneself as he did before Guru. By accepting the position that without the blessings of the Vaishnavas, love of God is not possible. Through this process of humbling ourselves before the great souls, we can receive in full the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And what is that mercy? That we receive the holy name. Lord Chaitanya taught us, Trinarapi Sunichena Tarorapi Sahishnana Amanina Manadena Kiritaniya Sadaha. That one should chant the name of the Lord, humble like a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, ready to offer all respect to others and to expect none in return. Forget about trying to be an advanced devotee. Forget about trying to be a saint. Lord Chaitanya did not like this idea. Lord Chaitanya simply wanted us to become the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant and chant the name in that spirit. That should be our only aspiration because it is that aspiration alone that opens our heart to really and truly accept the mercy of the Lord. So, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taught us by his example this process internally and externally the process he taught us was that there are two ways to chant the holy name. When Lord Chaitanya was in Imlital in Vrindavan, he sat in a secluded place and with his beads he simply fixed his mind on the name of Krishna and chanted Japa. But for the common masses and in his own life, he emphasized the process of kirtan, sankirtan. In the congregation of others, with raised arms, gracefully to chant the holy names. And factually, there is no greater way of glorifying Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu than to congregationally chant his holy name. There is nothing that pleases him more than this, than to simply accept the gift that he has given us. So tonight is his birthday. Huh? It is the, generally the practice that on someone's birthday you offer him a gift. Huh? Now what do you offer God as a gift? What does he need? He does not need anything. The question is, what does he want? He wants you to become blissful eternally in his loving service. And he has given you 
by his own mercy the way you can become blissful in his eternal loving service. By coming together. Jagyai Sankirtana Priyaya. Those with sufficient intelligence, it says, in Kali Yuga worship the Lord through the process of congregationally chanting the holy name. Sankirtan means we come together in the mood of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his followers and we dance and we chant. Now Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has also taught the essential um, necessity of kirtan as well. Our kirtan should not simply be a dance. We should know that the purpose of dancing is to express our devotion to Krishna. Every movement of our arms, every movement of our legs, every movement of our heads, every part of our body, it's not to simply stand still, it is to dance, but it is to dance as a way of gracefully expressing our devotion to God. Lord Chaitanya danced with his arms raised. Extending his heart through his arms to the Lord, who is above and who is above everyone. And when Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would dance in the congregation of devotees, it was not simply a wild, disorganized situation, but it was very well organized. Why was it well organized? It was very simple, nothing complicated. It's not that you have to go to dance school and learn for many years how to be a dancer in kirtan. You can learn in one day, in one minute. You just have to listen. Very simple, but there would be a leader. Just like in the chanting, there's a leader who sings and there's a leader who dances. And when we sing, we should sing from our heart as an offering and expression of our love. We should sing like a baby crying for a child. And when we dance, we should be reaching out for the mercy of God. Huh? So, what we should do is we should learn how to do kirtan nicely together. Not that everyone just does what they want to do. Let us all dance together. Let us all chant together. When we chant, we should chant knowing that the Lord in our heart and Radha Gopinath in the altar, they are listening. We should chant with the sweetest and nicest voice we can. And if everyone sings like that, how sweet the sound will be. It should also be very loud. It should be with enthusiasm. We should try, just like in the holy celebration, our chanting should be meant to enliven the ecstasy of all the other devotees in the kirtan. Huh? By our devotion. And when we dance, our dancing should be in the same way. That we should have certain formations, and we all follow those formations. Coming in and out, we can do like that. Sometimes coming in and out, sometimes going in and out of circles. No one should just be standing. What is the use of just standing? 
You can stand if you like, but what is the use? You see, sometimes we dance with such wildness that people think, my God, I'm just going to stand here. This is dangerous. You can get killed in this kirtan, right? See, they don't have faith. If you have faith, you know, even if you do get killed, it's very auspicious. But people without that faith, they get afraid when they see us just swinging around and beating each other with our bodies, huh? It should not be like that. It should be very sweet, very graceful. And we're all going in the same motions together, like waves, for the pleasure of the Lord. I remember one time, Srila Prabhupada, there was a big kirtan, and there were some big devotees, and they were dancing, and they were bumping into each other, like, two, 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 two big, big Americans, very gigantic Americans. And everyone was thinking, ah, this is very fun, you know? And they were just, boom, boom. And Prabhupada was at the Vyasasana. He got up off the Vyasasana, and he stood up, and he said, stop the kirtan. There was like, hundreds, about 600 devotees in this temple room. And everyone was thinking, ah, this is good kirtan, What's, why Prabhupada stopped it? And then Prabhupada, he, he raised his hands and he said, you should go like this. <laughs> means it should be sweet, it should be beautiful, it should be graceful. It should be united. We should feel unified in our dancing, unified in our chanting, unified in our consciousness to glorify Krishna and express our love for Krishna. Everyone would like, after all, the same people that say, what are these Hare Krishnas just dancing? Ah, when we go down the streets, they just they, they close their doors sometimes and say, what are these Hare Krishnas dancing? But those same people, they'll pay a hundred rupees to go see some woman doing the Bharat Natyam, right? So it's not that they don't like dancing, they just don't understand the devotees dancing. Huh? But if the dancing is like Lord Chaitanya's dancing, only the hardest heart will not melt. And even sometimes they will melt. Just upon seeing the kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's devotees. Just by hearing the sound of his names. Huh? So how can we give Lord Chaitanya the best gift? The best gift we can give him is to put our life and our soul into congregationally chanting his holy name. I'll have you know that tonight is Gaur Purnima and it is described that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally appears on the arti of this night. This is the most important arti of the year. This is the Maha Kirtan of the year. Traditionally the Gaudiya Vaishnavas this is the night they wait 364 year, days a year just for this kirtan, just for this arti. Huh? And they put their life, their heart, their soul, because tonight we can, for everything Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given us on his birthday, we can give him, each and every one of us, as an individual, as well as as a unit, we can give him the most glorious gift by tumultuously vibrating his name and by chanting together, expressing our devotion and our love through every movement of our body and meditating like this before the beautiful form, the beautiful golden form of Sri Gorsundar. Huh? So, would everyone like to do like this?
tonight, not only tonight, but at this very moment, we all have the opportunity of presenting from our hearts our gift of love on the birthday of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This Maha Kirtan, this Maha Arti, let us make one, let us make it in such a way that we never forget it for the rest of our life. Huh? With great enthusiasm, with great devotion, with great emotion, and with great gratitude, let us chant the holy names. Let us dance. Let us unite and love one another in the glorification of the holy name of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Thank you very much. So now.